Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Pastor Nate Nix here. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving today. Amen. Amen. It's so good to see every one of you. It has been a holiday week. I hope you had an amazing weekend, an amazing time with family, friends, or maybe like me, you stayed home and sat on the front porch and uh, enjoyed nature and uh, all the the things that God made. Amen. Tonight we're going to continue in our search for understanding grace, walking in grace. Walking in grace is the outpour or the, the desired outcome of salvation. Salvation is for all. Someone say amen. amen. But we also have to understand we've got to learn to walk in that salvation, walk in that truth, walk in righteousness and in spiritual ways. You can't walk in the flesh and expect to get spiritual things. So we're learning how to walk by grace. Grace is a funny thing because it's been abused by so many. In the religious world, in the secular world, it has been abused in what it is for, its purpose, and how it applies to our life. So uh, last week we read this passage where Paul read, or where Paul said in Romans chapter 6, shall you continue in sin, right? That what? Grace may abound, what God forbids. So grace is not to help us sin and feel okay about it, amen. Uh, grace is to cover us as God works the sin out of our lives. Let me say it again. Grace covers us as God confronts us, loves us, convicts us and works that sin out of our life through repentance, but not just words, our actions, things that we don't just talk about, but rather we do. Someone say amen. amen. So when we talk about grace, it's not something that we're talking about, oh, just do whatever you please, it's all good. No, no, we don't, that's not what the Bible teaches, that's not what I teach or what we believe at Pineview Church. We believe that grace serves an amazing purpose in our lives, but we must apply it biblically and it must be according to what God wants for us. Amen? Amen? So tonight, I hope you're joining me online. If you're not, uh, I hope you're here tonight. Amen? Uh, it's summertime. I'm going to be teaching this for several weeks, and I'm looking forward to that. Can you believe that it's June already? Amen? I can't believe it hardly, but here we are in June. It's been a warm, uh, sunny few days, and I'm thankful for that. Let's dive into the Word of the Lord. We're going to go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, we covered this last week. It is uh, the precursor to, of course, chapter 6. But this is what the sentiment of these chapters, chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8, is all about. God's law, it says, was given so that all people, someone shout all people. Remember I talked to you about salvation for all? Well, guess what? They were given also something else by besides just salvation. They were given this grace. Watch this. So that all people could see how sinful they were. Amen. But as people sinned more and more, God's what? Wonderful grace became more abundant. So we are focusing on the abundance of God's grace and how do we walk in it on a daily basis. So we learned last week walking uh, by grace was an important factor in this uh, understanding. We learned last week that I must die. I must die to what? Truly live. I must die to my flesh, my desires, what I think is uh, should be or should not be, and I've got to truly die on the altar of God and live in that grace, live in that mercy that God has so richly and wonderfully given us through the cross and his death on Calvary. So we learned and talked about chapter 6 of Romans 1 through verse 14. We learned two important factors in those verses, and that is that I've been set free from sin. How many are thankful that you are set free from sin? Amen? And also we have learned that not only am I set free, but I am made alive in Christ. My freedom is not of myself. My freedom is in Christ Jesus. So, uh, John, we read this last week. I want to reiterate it again in John 8, 34. It says, Jesus replied, and he said, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a what? Slave to sin. I would remind you that Paul wrote 
very similar thing here in chapter six about, 6 about not being a slave to sin. Now, if you understand the history of this, you'll understand that the Jewish people were slaves in Rome as Paul was writing this. The Jewish people were slaves in Rome and in the uh, areas around Rome here when Jesus was talking. So he was talking to them from a place that he knew they would understand. And he says to them, I tell you the truth, everyone who sinned is a slave to sin. Verse 35, a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family, how? Forever. So if the son, here it is, sets you what? Free, you are truly free. The reason we are not slaves to sin is because we have been grafted into the body of Christ. We have a heavenly father. We are what? A child of God. So we can see that we're not slaves to sin, right? Because we have been delivered by the blood of Jesus Christ and this beautiful mercy and grace that God gives us and talks to us about. So what do we say? Let's stop living as slaves in sin. Stop acting like you're not a slave, but you're acting like a slave. I want to say it one more time. You've been blood-bought by the name and the blood of Jesus Christ, but if you continue to think like a slave, act like a slave, then you will become in absoluteness a slave to the sin that does so easily beset you. Stop acting like slaves. Start acting like a child with an inheritance in the kingdom of God. So let's live as sons and daughters of God. So uh, we learned walking in grace from uh, Romans chapter 6, 1 through 14, we learn that we are free from sin, and who do we serve, and righteousness or sin. We've, we asked some questions. We began to talk about what is the difference. Why do we choose what we choose? This week, we're going to learn seven things, seven things that are key to walking in grace, and it's going to come from Romans chapter 6, verses 15 through 23. So I hope if you're online that you'll go to your Bible and that you will open your Bible to Romans chapter 6 verses 15 through 23. If you're here tonight, I'd love to love for you to follow along, but you can look on the screen behind me, of course. Number 1, everybody out number 1. Number 1, living in the free in the freedom from sin requires a choice. To live in the freedom that Christ has purchased from you for you from sin you must understand that it requires a choice in your daily life. You can yourself go and shackle yourself back to sin. You and your own actions and decisions, you can go and reintroduce sin that you've been delivered from. So we don't believe, nor does the Bible teach, which is most important, that once we are saved, we're always saved. We believe that we live in grace by the choices that we make, giving God the glory. Someone shout amen. amen. Living by his word and obeying his word, not by our opinion or will or way, but by his word and his way. Amen. amen. So we find, number one, living in the freedom from sin requires a choice. Every day it requires a choice. How many know that? Amen? It requires a choice. Verse 15 from Romans chapter 6 says this, What then shall we sin? We already read this, but he's reiterating it again. Because we are not under the law, shall we sin? Because God has delivered us from the law. The law that is fulfilled, completed, that has been uh, eradicated, its, its, its precepts and all that is a part of the Old Testament law, God fulfilled through the cross of Christ and He is now, right? The fulfillment of that law, the law of Christ is what rules and reigns in our life, in our covenant. So He says and asks those people in Rome, what then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. He says, God forbid. Number two, we must understand and ask. Not only should we make right choices every day, but we've got to decide who you obey is who you serve. Hear me one more time. Who you decide to obey is who you are serving. Serving a master is one that dictates your moves. He dictates your actions, your thoughts, your beliefs. 
They dictate everything about your life and living. So one of the reasons why I'm so emphatic about you learning the Word of God for yourself is the fact if you don't know your promises, if you don't know the absolute of God's grace and love and mercy towards you, the enemy will come in like a flood and he will trick you and make you believe a lie. And that lie is that no matter how much grace God gives, you cannot be saved. Or that you can do anything you want and still be saved by this thing called grace. God's grace is unique. It's something that you must understand. So who you obey. Why do I say this? Because in a minute we're going to learn that who you obey will reveal the fruit you produce. If you obey uh, one uh, entity or the other, uh, there's going to be different results. So if, if I uh, listen to an apple farmer while I'm trying to grow carrots, I'm going to be in trouble, aren't I? Someone say amen. But if I find an apple farmer uh, that has also an expertise in carrots, well, then I'm okay, right? Because he can give me some advice about carrots. I know that's a silly example, but I think it's an important example for you to understand. You can't ask carnal people to give you spiritual advice. You can't let spiritual people, I'm sorry, carnal people, help you go to spiritual places. If you're not careful, you will enter a place of idolatry. And that's another subject for another time. So, who I obey, say it with me, who I obey is who I serve. I can't say I don't serve the enemy. I don't serve Satan and his, I don't serve my flesh when my life huh, shows who I'm serving. Who I obey is who I serve. Verse 16, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself, Paul writes, yield yourself. Now, Pastor, what does this mean when I am struggling and I sin and then God convicts me and I repent? Does that mean I'm a slave? I covered this last week, but I really feel important to cover it again. Does that mean that I screw up one day or I have trouble in certain areas and, and man, it, I struggle in those areas? Does that mean that I'm a slave to sin if I, if I, no, that does not mean that. Someone shout, no. No, it means that God is working in you. The fact that you're convicted about the sin that you're in means that God is still working in His grace in your life. The minute you run past that grace or run through that grace, I always equate it to a stop sign. Uh, how many have rolling stops, right? You stop uh, and the cop stops you and said you didn't stop. And you felt like you stopped because you touched your brake while you were going through. Amen. But the enemy right, of our souls tries to convince us if we touch our brake, if we say a little prayer, shout a little bit, clap our hands and worship, then we're okay. Listen, goosebumps does not equal approval from God. There has to be a decision that I'm going to put a full stop to the sin that's in my life. That I'm going to put a full stop and trust God. Yes, I may fall again in that very same sin. But He knows my what? Heart and He knows where I'm trying to go. So we've got to understand. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves, servants to obey, His servants ye are to whom ye obey. Whether of sin of, unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So here's the choice. Sin unto death, obedience to righteousness. Sin unto death, obedience to righteousness. One of the things as pastor that I find on a pretty consistent basis is that people struggle to obey God's word. They read it, they love him uh, on, on some level, but they don't fully obey it. They obey it to a point or they'll obey it based on how they feel. I recently had an individual say to me that they just didn't see how that would apply today. That that was written so long ago and and they just don't see how that could be true today. Well, I've got news for everybody that this, God's word is the same yesterday and today and what? Forevermore. God's word is unchanging. Amen. So in our lives, we can't say, well, that just, man, I just don't feel that way. Or man, I just don't think that. When you get into I feel or think, you're in dangerous territory. You need to know what God's word says to you. Someone say amen. amen. You need to study to show your what? Self approved. 
That way you know for yours. It's not Pastor Nate's word or Billy Bob's word or uncle's word or dad's word. It's God's word in your own heart. That's what's going to keep you saved and living in the grace that he purchased for you. So uh, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto right, there's a choice. And we make choices every day. It doesn't mean if I make a choice to sin that I'm lost forever. It means I must repent and I must remove that from my life. And that's why Paul wrote, shall you continue in sin? He said, no, God forbid. You may sin again. Remind everybody, no one in this room, no one in this world is perfect. Amen. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is no such thing as a sinless life. Jesus was the only one that was sinless and they crucified him. Someone say amen. So understand tonight that this is an important factor. What am I choosing? So I'm going to ask you, ask you online, what are you choosing? Are you choosing some of his word? Do you know not what to choose because of the ignorance that we may have of his word? Are you doing your very best and you still feel a call, something in you that's pulling you more towards what God is wanting to say to you? So listen to that still small voice in your heart and don't ignore when God comes to you and says, I need you to examine your life in this area. I need you to examine yourself doing these things. Someone say amen. amen. So this is the hard work of salvation. Hear me today. Salvation is free. Continuing in grace and salvation is hard work. Someone say amen. amen. You can't just say, oh, man. I heard someone you know, repeat back that, man, salvation, it's free, man. And if I, if I sin, well, I just get saved again. I get saved again. Uh, no, that's not the way it works, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you're, you're in a relationship or are you in a rescue? Are you constantly? Uh, the Bible says that there's going to come a time where he, he hardens his heart against those that have been uh, um, that have been uh, careless with his grace. Uh, careless with that understanding of what God is calling you to. So, too much is given. Much, much is required. So, there is a very important concept of choice. What are you choosing? Let me give you an example real quick. If you read in the Song of Sol or not so in, in, uh, from Solomon in Proverbs, you're going to find that Proverbs, and maybe I'll bring this into play uh, in the weeks to come, but Proverbs is pretty uh, amazing. Uh, Solomon was a man who struggled with sin. Someone say amen. amen. How many know that David was a man who struggled in sin? They, uh, Solomon especially, struggled with sexual sin. David as well. He was found in adultery, killed a man because of that adultery. And yet, these were men that were later told to us were great men. As a matter of fact, David was a man after God's own heart in the book of Acts. Not because he was like this shining sinner, but because he was a, an amazing repenter. He knew how to fall on his face and change, not just give God lip service, but change his ways. And so, we look at this. But he wrote and talks, and talks to us in Proverbs about not standing at the beginning of the street. He said, don't stand at the corner of the street that you know there's a prostitute that lives at the end of that street. Don't even let yourself be tempted to stand at the street corner where the prostitute is at at the end of that street. She's not there on the corner. She's down there. But some, don't let yourself be tempted. Avoid temptation. One of the things that I teach, and I won't tonight, but it's something that I think is important in ongoing uh, understanding of your salvation, is this. Is the fact that you better be a good steward with your sin. Uh, don't raise your hands. How many of you know there are certain sins that just, they beset you easier than other things, right? I, I don't really struggle with murdering people, thank God. Amen. <laughs> but do I struggle with lust, or do I struggle with lying, or do I struggle with bitterness? Those are sins as well. You follow me? So do we, do we, do we grade those? Oh, it's not that bad. I'm only a, I only hate that person. Well, God doesn't see it as a graded sin, right? Sin shall remain sin is what we're 
taught and told through the Word of God. So here you, you've got to back up and say, who am I listening to? Am I allowing myself to be tempted in unnecessary ways? Am I finding myself at the end of the street where the prostitute lives? And that prostitute could mean many things. It's not just sexual. It's, it's, all, it's all kinds of things that could be that thing that besets you so easily. So know who you are in Christ, but know also your frailties. And know, okay, I can't go here. I can't do this. I can't hang out with those people right now because if I hang out with those people, I'll end up there and I'll start doing this. Do you got me? Someone say amen. amen. And someone say, Pastor, you're right. Amen. <laughs> because that's the way it works. Temptation is not sin. Listen, temptation is not sin. It's when you act on those thoughts that it becomes sin. It's when you act upon that bitterness. When you act upon that lust. When you act, you become a part of that sin. I, people uh, over the years, wow, I'm, 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 i got to hurry up. People over the years have said, but Pastor, I have horrible thoughts about this. Or I have dreams that are just, oh, they're, they're so lustful. And they, I wake up and I feel so dirty. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I, I know I'm sinning. And I'm like, that's a poor concept. That's a sad concept. I want you to understand that there may be something that you're doing or have not rid yourself of in your life that allows the enemy a gateway or a doorway into your brain or into your dreams to allow those things to come to pass. So that's what I always look for. What am I not dealing with in my life? What things am I allowing to hang out in me that would allow a gateway of the enemy in my soul to enter my dreams, right? But you also understand that your thoughts are like a freeway, right? <laughs> your thoughts are like a freeway. Thoughts, 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 thoughts. And, and again, all these thoughts, and there's some good thoughts. And, have you ever said, man, I would love to just, I can't stand that person, man, I'd love to punch them in the nose, you know, and, and you go, I can't do that, that's not godly, that's, well, my goodness, Lord help me, I don't want to punch them in the nose. Have you ever had that conversation with yourself? Of course we all have, right? Does that mean I'm a sinner because I thought I should punch them? No, it means that you dealt with it, that it's a part of this freeway of thought that's in your mind. That's why I let this mind be in you, which was also where in Christ Jesus, your thought life matters. So if you've been thinking and praying and fasting and reading your word, your thought life is going to be much stronger. I always tell people, get in the spiritual gym. Because if you're hanging out at the corner where the prostitute's at, you're going to have a much harder time fighting those things than you are if you're hanging out at God's house. Someone say amen. Amen. I know I'm right, but anyway. So let's look at 1 John real quick. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 through 10. But if you walk, this is John writing to us, and he's telling us the very concept I'm trying to get through to you. But if you walk in the light as he, Jesus, is in the light, we have what? Fellowship. It doesn't say just with, just with him, but we have fellowship with what, one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from what? All sin. Someone shout all sin. If we say that we have no sin. Oh, here it is. If we say we have no sin. We deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves. Someone say amen. amen. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins. Someone say amen. amen. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from what all, someone shout all. Oh. How are you thankful for all? <laughs> that he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I hope tonight that you will take from this Bible study that I may not be perfect, but if I can obey God's word, I can remain in his grace and perfection of his will. Not by my work, but by the work that Christ has put in my life. Someone shout amen. So we can look and see that it's here that we're learning more and more about uh, this grace. Um, I, I want there to be more than just um, this idea that, uh, you know, anything I do, uh, I'm a sinner and God's going to hit me in the head with a hammer and kill me, right? Um, I just turned the air off. Um, so that you can understand 
I can't just do anything I want and God think it's okay, right? Um, uh, 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 go get me an umbrella. Um, I, I want to illustrate that. I've illustrated this so many times in my life. I'm going to illustrate it tonight. I, I wasn't planning on this, but I'm going to. Um, and I hope that you will uh, receive this. Um, let's keep going uh, while he goes. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, it's the second time. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. His word, thank you man, yep. is not in us. His word is not in us. So, let's keep going, right? Um, uh, number three, how is your heart? Uh, someone shout, how is my heart? Uh, how is my heart? Ask yourself, how is my heart? What is my heart trying to do? What is my heart? The Bible says no man knows his heart, right? No one. Only God knows your heart. But you you have to examine your motives. You have to look at, am I trying to serve God or am I trying to skim by and just get by with the least amount of things? Am I trying to do what's right or am I just trying to, to make sure I'm not going to hell? Well, pastor, what's the difference? There's a big difference. If you're just trying to skip hell, you're constantly trying to look over your shoulder and make sure that you haven't sinned that day versus living in grace and just going about your life knowing that God is with you and His promises are sure and amen in your life. And that if you happen to sin, He will help you until there is a solution to that sin. So shout amen. amen. So what do we keep going, right? What is Romans 6 and 17? But God be thanked that ye, that ye were the servants of that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the what? Heart, that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. So you didn't obey from your head. Listen to me. Too many of you are living in your head. Your head says, I shouldn't be doing this, and you shouldn't be. But your heart is saying, I want to please God. I want God's will in my life, and I'm struggling in this fight. Your head says, you're a loser. You're never going to do this. You might as well just give in. Right? One preacher once said that the, the, the greatest form of, of, of defeating sin was just giving in to it. What a lie. You can't give in to sin. It'll take you to death. Listen, uh, in verse 18, being then made free from sin, ye become. Everybody shout become. If you're online, underline that. Type it out. Become. You become. It's not that you are. Listen, it doesn't say you are. It says you become, everybody look at that, you become, you became the servants of righteousness. You are made in the image of Christ, right? The word made means something that is started and then later finished. When you become something, when a, a, a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, it is a process of many steps and much stretching and much pain and much learning. Right? So what is he saying here? Obey from your heart. Know what God has called you to do. But understand that you've been made free from sin, but it's a but you become a servant of righteousness. It's not something you are. It's something you become through Christ and his grace. So, uh, number four, sinful nature and sinful choices. How many know that we are, we are sinners? Someone say Amen. How many know that we were born in sin, and in sin did our mothers conceive us? That's what the scripture says. Romans 6 and 19 says this, I speak after the manner of men because the infirmity of your flesh. Now, uh, I, I want Nan or Dan or somebody who has a Bible, uh, I want you to grab this in the New Living Translation. I'm reading to you out of the King James, um, but somebody grab this Romans 6 and 19 out of the New Living uh, which is translated from the King James, and I want to read this a little differently. Um, I, I speak in the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. What is that word infirmity? It means sickness. The sickness of flesh. What is that sickness? Sin. Right? For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanliness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness yield your members if we refuse to yield ourselves this is the choice if we do not yield our bodies as a living sacrifice 
God cannot force us to do what we will not give him. He will not transform what we will not put on the altar. Hear me today. God is a gentleman. God does not say, I'm going to make you do this. No, no. He's waiting for you to yield. Does that mean you're perfect? No, we'll learn in chapter 7 that Paul says these words. What does he say? In my members, same members. In my members, my flesh, I see sin. But in my mind and in my heart, I serve God. You have to understand there's an act, an act of yielding. It's a process. It's something you become. It's not something you are. Someone shout amen. amen. What, read that to us uh, in, in uh, Brother Dan. Read that because to us. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using an illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Verse 19. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Because previously you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led even deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteousness, living so that you will become whole. Become holy. Become holy. Not are holy. You become holy. Uh, let's keep going. So sinful nature and sinful choices. The choice is ours. What will we choose? Right? Uh, number five. Uh, one or the other but not the both. One or the other but not both. You can't have your cake and eat it too is the old saying. Right? So no man can serve two masters. How many know that's true? No man can serve two masters. Romans 6 and 20 says, For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. When you were a servant of sin, righteousness was nowhere around you. Because sin and righteousness do not hang out in the same vessel. Someone say amen. amen. It is oil and water. They are separated. They are not a part of the same thing. They can't be. They won't be. God will not allow it. It will never happen. So really, when you choose, you say, well, pastor, you said all have sinned. You say that I have to have to give my life daily. I have to die daily, as Paul said we talked about last week. That's correct, because you have to constantly. How many know or have a gas tank that will uh, get water in it in the winter, and you have to keep putting that heat stuff in it and separate the water, get the water out? Yeah, I have a diesel, and I have to constantly put an additive in to get the water Matter of fact, there's a, a water filter that I've got to check and, 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 and drain on a regular basis on that diesel. Why? Because I have to get the water out of the fuel or it will cause freezing and it will cause fouling and it will cause the, the, the engine not to run. Because water is not a part of, but yet there's water still in the diesel. In every diesel, there's a bit of water. That's why they give us separators. That's why they give us additives. The additive that I'm talking to you about is the Holy Ghost. Amen. The additive I'm talking to you about is the element of grace. That if you can learn, yes, there's going to be sin in my life, but i got to bleed it off every day. got to get it out of the system every day. Oh, that's a good illustration right there. You've got to get yourself in a place where I've got to take the time in my life to go undo the hatch, get to the motor, get to the stuff, and bleed the water away from the fuel. Uh, if you don't, well then it's, it's, it's disastrous. I can, I can tell you stories. I know people that can tell you stories about how they get caught in the middle of the freeway and all of a sudden it won't run. And it's because they did not bleed the water off of the fuel. And so they have to add additive. Matter of fact, in those cases they have to redo all of the filters and redo them because the filters are saturated with water. So, you can't run a diesel on water. You can't run your soul on sin. You can't run it. You can try, but eventually. Oh, you can sputter by. You can sputter for a while. Come, get a little Holy Ghost, feel a little good, get a prayer, get a prophecy every once in a while, and sputter along. When God is trying to give you a rocket engine, He's trying to give you a young child that runs when you don't want Him to run. He's trying to give you things that are just, oh my goodness gracious. Learning to, that's learning to walk by grace. Because his father wants to spank him, but he's not going to. He's going to go and love him with words of encouragement. It's not a big deal. Uh, so number six, everybody say number six. What fruit is your life producing? What fruit... Is your life 
producing. Uh, Brother and Sister Chogantaw have uh, the farm in Colombia, and they began several years ago, five, six years ago, beginning to plant the farm. They planted coffee and plantains, and they planted multiple yucca root and some different things. I can't remember everything that they planted, but they planted, because when we got there, there was little, all there were were flowers, and they wanted it to be a farm to help feed the people of that area, right? So they had to till, they had to, to dig up, and they had to go, and they had to get the right plants for the right climate and the right place. They, they had to get the plants that wouldn't outgrow each other and crowd each other out. They had to plant them in certain spots, but they planted. And this year, just this year, was the first harvest of coffee. It's been planted because, you see, in the other years, the, the bean would come in and it was not right. It, was, it wasn't up to snuff. It was deformed. It, was, it had not matured. It had not been able. They could never, okay, it's not ready. It's not ready. And finally, an expert came by and said, this year it's ready. Look at these healthy beans and look at this plant. And it's, it's, it's matured. It's ready to offer a harvest. So are we in Christ. God plants us by the rivers of living water. God gives us each a defined and amazing purpose. We are all glorious in his sight. But some of us never allow God to cultivate us and mature us. We want to be right now. And when we go right now, we get what? We get sick and we get weary and we don't, we have... The Bible gives us this beautiful picture of the seeds that get sown in the different plots of land. And the one, the one that's stony and is, they, they grow up quick. They, they, there's great potential and they're excited, but the Bible says the sun comes and, the, and they wilt and they die in the heat because they have shallow roots. You know why this pastor is trying to get every person I know to get their nose in the word of God so deep that they, they don't know anything? You know why I'm challenging these people? You know why I'm, I'm sitting with you and talking to you? You know why I'm trying? I'm not trying to, to win souls right now. I know that if I can win your heart for the word of God that you will go and win souls. Of course I'm trying to win souls, but it's through you. It's through the understanding that if you have God's word so deeply planted, you aren't going to be a flash in the pan. You're not going to be, but rather you're going to slow and steady and strong growth. A plant should grow as deep as it grows tall. And if you're growing tall without deep, you're going to topple and you're going to die. How many have ever watched someone come into God's house and they're on fire? For a couple months, three months, six months, and then a year goes by and you say, where are those people? And you start looking for them, and, and it's not that they're bad people, it's just that no one spent time discipling them. Or they refused to be because they wanted the excitement more than they wanted the word. I'm dealing with this right now in a world that wants entertainment, that wants, man, Lay your hand on me and tell me what the word... Don't make me study my word. I need you to lay your hand on me and give me a word. And it's tiresome because it's not holy. We're seeking the wrong things. Someone say amen. amen. We should seek ye first the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is God himself. Jesus came and he was the word and he dwelt among us and... and all those wonderful things, right? So what are we seeking? We should seek Christ first in all things. Someone say amen. Amen. So many times we get weary with, with, with seeking God. We should, we should readjust ourselves where we get weary from not, from not seeking God. Our weariness should be uh, relieved when we are in the Word of God. So... What fruit is your life producing? Here it is. Romans 6 and 21, verses 22. Let's go. You ready? The Bible says this. What fruit have ye then in those things thereof ye are now ashamed? In other words, now you've chosen some things. You have followed after either sin or righteousness. You have made a decision. Who is your 
master? Is it sin or is it God? Is it your flesh or is it God? Is it your members or is it God? And he says here, you now are looking at your fruit and you're going, oh. And he's asking, are you now ashamed of what's growing in your life? Are you now trying to hide what has grown in your life? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin, free from sin, but shout free from sin. But now being made free. When you make something, it's a process. You didn't, you're not, it's not a matter of I am, it's you are made. And you may say, this is split, this is not splitting hairs. This is an absolute of what God is trying to teach us. And become servants of God. Ye have your fruit unto holiness. You want to know what holiness is all about? It's right here. You want to study holiness? Study it from Romans chapter 6 and verse 22. Now being made free from sin and becoming servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness. You want to be holy before God? Produce godly fruit. You want to be holy before the Lord? Produce godly things in your life. And the end, everlasting. When you produce the right fruit, it produces everlasting life in your life. Last uh, thought here. Your fruit is the test. I'm going to say the test. It's the test of whether you're walking in grace or walking in sin. I'm going to say that one more time. Your fruit is the test. What does my fruit, examining my fruit, when you get time by yourself and you're saying, what, what am I producing? Am I producing love, joy, peace? Am I producing long-suffering and gentleness and kindness? What am I producing in my life? Am I producing revival? or am I re- What am I producing? Am I producing regret and depression and hate? Am I, am I reproducing things in my life that I wish my children didn't see? Someone shout amen. amen. We've all done it. I promise you I did. But I was able to repent. He is faithful and just to forgive us. But it's not enough just to repent. The word repent means to turn from. You have to change what you are doing in order to remain in this grace that God has spoke freely. So the test of whether am I hot, where am I walking? Boy, am I doing right? The test is looking at the fruit that you're producing in your life. Am I producing lies, hate? Am I producing uh, falsehood? Am I producing bitterness and strife? Am I producing... What am I producing? So the importance here is to self-check. This is not for... Look, this is something you do at home and see what God is doing in your life. Say, Lord, reveal to me what is my fruit. Sometimes we are really hard on ourselves and I don't think we need to be. I think we need to give ourselves grace, the grace that God extends to us. But if I'm producing sinful fruit, just be honest about it and repent. Just be honest about it and repent. Don't, don't beat yourself over the head and feel like, oh, I'm a horrible person. No, that's what the enemy wants you to do, right? He goes from being the tempter to the accuser. So don't do that. Repent. I, I, I implore you, repent quickly. And turn and do the right thing quickly and move on with your life. Don't live in that space of poor me. I'm a bad person. That's a horrible place to be. Finally, choose wisely. Everybody shout that. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Romans 6 and 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, it can't be any more plain than this. The wages of sin is death. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Uh, next week, I'm going to come back. I had Nan go get this umbrella for me tonight. Um, and I'm going to come back and, and illustrate this even more next week. But I want you to understand that uh, uh, in the rain outside, um, you can do one or two things. Someone say one or two things. Now, I want to remind you that the pavement is the same, the atmosphere is the same, the oxygen is the same, everything is the same. The difference is either I don't have an umbrella and I get all wet or I do have an umbrella and the wetness goes around me it protects me it cocoons me from the storm make sense 
I want you to think about this. When sin is reigning in our world, it's reigning. I want you to think about sin as rain right now, right? For this illustration. It's raining down. And I make a choice. The choices that I make, choose wisely. The choice I make every single day is, am I going to live in my own element, in my own ways, my own thoughts, my own will, my own ideas, not by the word of God? Am I going to allow the rain to just fall on me and then me have to go find a place to repent and constantly be worried whether I'm saved and constantly worry whether I'm going to be okay and am I uh, going to do okay and well, I'm not sure I'm saved and I'm not sure this, that, and the other, right? Or am I going to learn, ever shout learn, am I going to learn to be made a creature of Christ? Am I going to be made a new creature in Christ? Being made a new creature? Am I going to allow... The grace that God purchased for me, imagine this umbrella being God's grace that he purchased for me on Calvary. By grace are you saved, what? Through faith. Not because I know it for myself, but because I'm obeying God's word, it produces an umbrella over me. It doesn't mean I have to be perfect, it means my heart has to be right. It means that I can see sin in my members, but I repent of that sin quickly. And I ask, so what does this umbrella do for me? It protects me. The sin goes around me. The minute I decide to continue in sin, the umbrella is removed. God says, I, I'm sorry, you can't have an umbrella and continue in sin. So now I'm facing all this rain of sin on my own. Now I need the blood of Jesus to rescue me instead of the blood of Jesus to keep me. Do you hear me? Here, I am fair game to the enemy. Here, <laughs> I am walking in grace, not by my deeds, not by my will, not by my righteousness, by his righteousness. I'm walking in the grace that God so freely gives me. So I'm not saying, ha ha, I can sin. No, that's here. You're saying, oh God, forgive me. You're saying, oh, that, oh I got outside. Oh, I got to pull back in. I, I can't leave this, this space of grace around me. And God comes and says, Nate, quit doing that. You gotta get your hand back in. You gotta get your leg back in. You gotta get your heart back in. You gotta, don't do that because that's gonna lead you to sin. That's gonna lead you to unrighteousness. And when I ignore those warnings, I'm simply saying, okay, God, I'm gonna remove, I'm gonna remove the umbrella. I can do this on my own. I got this. I'm all good. I'm, I'm good. And God says, okay, go ahead. Have fun with that. Right? God wants you to live here and not here. He wants you to live in a space where you understand this is not, I have no control over this except for my mouth, my mouth, my heart, and my mind. I must come under the submission. I'm not a slave to this sin out here. I am a slave to God. I am his child. So we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk based on not how I'm feeling, but because of the absoluteness of God's word. This is the problem. Too many of us, we walk by our feelings and not by the faith that God resides in our hearts without our feelings. Feelings are a benefit and they can do good or bad. But let me tell you something. Feelings are not where God wants to produce in you. He wants to produce faith in you. So when I obey God's word, not how I feel, when I repent and I've done what he has asked me to do, I may be struggling in sin X, Y, and Z, but if as long as I can acknowledge those sins, say, Lord, forgive me, Lord, help me, he is going to walk with me and that grace is going to cover me. Not that I continue in them. I can't say, I'm going to repent today and I know I'm going to screw up tomorrow, so I'll just repent again tomorrow. No, that's not what I'm talking about. That's continuing in sin. I'm saying taking steps necessary to remove the sin from your heart and your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because if you don't take the steps, look, you say, say you're, you're, you're struggling with gambling. Let's just use that for an example, right? If you keep going to the casino, there's going to be a problem. If you hang out with your buddies who want to know, uh, you, you, you know, hey, we got some football squares for you. Well, they're harmless. They're not harmless for you. They're not harmless for you. Why? Because they are flirting with removing the umbrella because you know I shouldn't be out here. And then God says, stop. And you go, oh my goodness, what am I doing? And you allow his grace to come back in full tact. Does that make sense to you? Because if you, you can understand this, if you can understand this, you can, you can endure anything. You can endure sickness. You can endure, if you understand this, that his grace is sufficient. Paul had a thorn 
I said I was going to do this next week, but I'm keep going. Am I all right? Good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, Paul, Paul, this is what Paul said. Paul said, I, I, I have a thorn, a messenger from Satan. I would debate anybody very harshly about whether this was just a simple, you know, eye salve problem or something. I, I, no, this was a messenger from Satan. Satan only brings one thing, and what is it? Sin. He had a messenger for, there was a sinful thing that Paul was struggling with that was a messenger. Satan was trying to destroy him through this thing. We don't know what it is, have no idea, but we do know it was a messenger from Satan. So Paul is struggling. This is, I mean, think about Paul. I mean, Paul, Lord, he's, Lord, if there was ever a hero of faith, well, Paul fits that bill. Paul had done everything. You name it, Paul did it. And Paul won the known world. Paul preached and Paul shipwrecked and Paul shook off vipers and Paul seen the the blind healed, lame walk and Paul, you know, on and on and on and on and on. Paul was, man, he was a rock star in Jesus' world, right? What, but, but what did he say? I may be a rock star in Jesus' world. That's my own phraseology. But, uh, but I have something that it, it's, it torments me. It's always trying to creep in. It's always trying to let me slip up. It's always planning my demise. So he went to God and he said, God, I've been walking in this and I'm struggling with this. And I'm still winning the world. Still seeing souls saved, miracles, signs, and wonders. Man, I, I really want to get rid of this. This is embarrassing. I don't want anybody to find out about it. And what did God say to him? My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Paul never said, well, fooey, I'm just going to go and do whatever I please then. No, Paul said, no, no. Paul inquired again, God, please take this. I'm asking one more time. And Paul inquired that time and God said, my grace is sufficient. Paul inquired a third time. And God said, my what? Grace is sufficient. If you can learn to walk in his grace, not in perfection. Paul was not perfect. We see that. Not in, I'm better than you. Not, I can do anything I want. No, no. Walk in the fact that I'm constantly under the understanding that I must humble myself before the Lord on a I die daily basis. That I've got to be contrite. That I've got to live by the fruits of the Spirit. I've got to walk in the Spirit and not in my flesh. I know my flesh is there. There's a war inside me, we'll learn in chapter 7. But I can't let the war win. I've got to see sin. Yeah, I see it in my members. I know I'm a sinner. But every day I'm going to repent. Every hour I'm going to live a life of repentance and ensure that the grace of God continues to cover me until the day I die. Not by my work of righteousness. This is where we get all screwed up. Not because I do X, Y, and Z, but because of His righteousness on Calvary. Because He made a promise to me through the new covenant, which is in His blood, that I am sufficient for your sin. How many of you know that God knew you were a sinner when he bought you with blood, with his blood? How many knew that you would, he knew you would continue to sin the rest of your life? If you didn't and you were all set, you would never need the blood of Jesus again, would you? You'd never need Jesus again, period. You wouldn't die and have to die daily. Paul understood clearly, I know who I am. This flesh, hear me, hear me. This flesh will never get saved. There it is. This flesh is never getting the Holy Ghost. This flesh will never see heaven. This flesh is a shell that in there resides my soul. And it is my soul that will spend somewhere in eternity. It is my soul that is not temporal but eternal. It is my soul that needs this right here. It is my eternal being that needs this grace. The Israelites did not have it. They piled up their sin. Man, they carried it on their shoulders. And once a year, they went to the priest. They said, I've got to get rid of all this sin. And they would go and they would what make a sacrifice. And they'd offer a bullock, and they would offer a, 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 a goat. They would offer those things that were that were commanded to be offering for sin offerings and for for all those offerings of the Old Testament. And they would, the Bible says they would lay them on the altar and they would roll them up 
one more year and they would leave that with the priest. Okay, God, there's that year's role. No, that was a big role. Boy, I screwed up a lot that year. It's a big role. And as long as I come back next year, that role is going to stay right there. You see, I'm 54 years old. That means there's 54 roles. And the minute I stop doing what God commands me, those roles are released. And all that sin comes back into my life. All that comes back and it floods and it crushes me under the weight and it kills me under the weight of those sins because that's how the Old Testament and the law was set. Christ came, fulfilled the law. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong. Christ came, fulfilled the law. And he says what? You are baptized for the remission. The word remission means eradication. So you may carry some sin to the baptismal tank. Oh, hallelujah. But when you are baptized and you fulfill the word of God in your life and you do what he has commanded you to do and what we talked about in salvation for all, he what? He doesn't roll them up and put them on a rack waiting for you to screw up. No. What does he do? He eradicates. He does away. He vaporizes them. He takes them away. No longer are you underbound, but rather you are now walking under this grace that God gave. And you will still sin. You'll get outside of this. You'll get, and God will convict you. And you'll say, whoa, I can't go there. I can't go to the end of the road where the prostitute lives because I, that temptation is not what God's designed for. I got to go someplace else. I got to go to the house of the Lord's instead of the place where I know I can find trouble. There's so many times in our lives we try to live just like this. We try to live in sin. And I already said it, you can't serve two masters. We try to live partly in God's grace. Woo, we get the Holy Ghost, we feel good, we dance on Sunday. But we live like a devil on Monday. I'm, that's just a phraseology that I learned as a kid, right? Uh, what happens? What happens? What happens is we are so frustrated because we go in and out of this thing that we think is, am I saved? Am I not saved? Am I screwed up? Did God forgive me? Am I not forgiven? Am I really? And what's going on? I don't feel good. I feel, oh man, I feel raunchy. I feel like, oh, I need to find someplace else that, uh, that's more exciting. That's what I need. I need more excitement. Yeah. I need someone to lay hands on me and make me feel good for a minute. Instead of working on your life and truly changing, we are more interested in God's spout for a moment instead of life change. I'm going to tell you something. You can only, it, I, I, my grandfather said this to me and I'll never forget this. He said, you can only, you hit that table over and over and over again. You numb, the Bible talks about being numbed, being, being, uh, uh, it's my wording, but your heart becomes hardened. That's what it says. Your heart becomes, why? Because I hit that dust. And I, first time it's going to be bloody. And second time it's going to be bloody. Third time. But eventually I'm going to build a scab up. And next time I hit it, it ain't going nowhere. It's not going to be, I don't even know I hit it because I've been so many. And I don't want that in my life. I want God's love, his voice, pardon me, his voice to be able to penetrate my soul and my spirit. Someone shout Amen. amen. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So, it's your choice. It's my choice. Does this mean, Pastor, that you... No, 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 no. There are many days I have to go, oh, oh, man. Woo, man. Well, I've got to get back in here. I, 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 I got I to clean some stuff up. I've got to change my, I gotta change my garments. They stink like sin, right? I'm going to sit in His grace. So I'm going to trust that His grace is sufficient and that His love is greater than my sin. That His mercy is more powerful than my sin. That His grace can keep me while I'm struggling with the understanding. How many of you have ever been confronted by God with something that you didn't even know was in your heart? A sin. Maybe a bitterness or anger or an attitude or a spirit or whatever it might be, right? Uh, you real, oh my goodness, I've had those feelings for a long time. I need to, whoa. I didn't know I disliked that person so much and I didn't realize it was so vile in me. I thought I forgave them a long time ago and I guess I didn't. How many's had that little talk with yourself, huh? We've all had that little talk. Why? What does that mean? What does that mean if God came in the midst of all that that you'd be a sinner going to hell? No, because, no. You'd be under His grace because when He came to you and confronted you with it, he expected you to deal with it. And if you didn't deal with it, well now you're now you're messing with your grace. You can't continue and send that grace may abound. God's will deal with you. I I I I always say that the difference between the the understanding of what I'm not sure that's gonna work. But the understanding of that grace will help you in your life. Dealing with others, helping yourself uh, with 
these moments where you go, I'm not sure I can forgive them. I'm not sure. You gotta, you gotta get back in your grace. Get back. Cause it's not about them, guys. It's about you. It's not about them. It's about you. Someone say amen. amen. Well, let's stand. Amen. Thank you for joining me online. I hope you've enjoyed this. You will need to watch last week's with this week's, and then you'll need to come back for next week's because they are building on top of each other. God bless you and keep you. I love you so much. I hope to see you Sunday morning, 1035, right here at Pineview Church. God bless you again in Jesus' name.